Collective Potential podcast is about real conversations with real people. We believe for the world to reach its potential, people must know their own, and there is nothing more that helps us reach our potential than love. Today's topic with Ryan, Jez and M is all about how to love and why it's important. Are you ready for change? Yeah. Do you want purpose in your life? Oh, yes, please. Collective Potential Podcast. So what are you talking about this week? So love is such a big topic. It's hard to define and there's been thousands of books and millions and trillions of books, I should say, uh, that describe what love really is. But it is the individual um, experience of love that I'm interested in. So, gentlemen, when did you know what love really is or do you? Give us an example, a moment. Um I mean, I always wanted to fall in love. Like, I think love mostly is, I mean, there's different types of love, right? Family love. When I first fell in love, it felt very much like a fall in and something that happened between me and that person. Um, and, and something that you couldn't help. All, all you did was willingly let yourself fall into it, into that space, that chemistry between you, um, which is kind of a magical chemistry. It's this kind of illogical, irrational, passionate, the fucking toxic no what the fuck not toxic, toxic. no it can be words. Well, it can be yeah I suppose but I was meaning like I was meaning like red hot okay um, <laughs> which is a bit toxic if you've skin, you got skin burn um, but th- and then I, for me it was a, a specific uh, um, her accepting a part of me that I felt like was to be shamed or I, I felt a bit shameful or embarrassed about and then me sharing and feeling vulnerable and then her having the opposite reaction to what I expected. Who's her? Suze. That was... Oh, you're one of your past girlfriends and that's where you experienced love for the first... Yeah, that's when I fell in love for the first time. Yeah. That's beautiful, Jeremy. That's an interesting one. I had um, like multiple relationships. I'm kind of funny. It's like each relationship I've had has gone slightly longer in duration, kind of like You get in there, boy. Well, you'll get to three weeks before you know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeremy. Um, but I'm kind of like a hopeless romantic. Yes, you are, Ryan. I know um, this. We're are more just hopeless. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, I can't put a finger on like, the first time, like, I guess it's um, maybe in the first relationship that lasted uh, quite a long time. Rebecca, hey, guys, you're, you're 21. How long did the first relationship last? 22. 22. 23, actually. I demand respect. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Age has one? nothing to do with love. I know, but he, say, he says he's talking like he's got this bucket load of them, and, and the, the first one is extremely long. So, I, so in my no, head, no. I'm thinking you had your first relationship at nine, and it went for five years. No, no, I um, dated a couple of German girls in high school. A couple? Oh, of oh, course you did. Yeah. Why, at the same time? No, different times, but... Snivy devil. Yeah, it was... It was, um, so now are we I, talking about romantic love, lustful love, or are we talking about love? Yeah, Which look, love? It was a, it was well, I'm going to bring you, bring us back. Sorry, <laughs> girl. I just wanted to let people know that. Don't yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were fine ass girls. Google them. The names are da da da. No, don't do that. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of when I was younger, I really wanted like a whole like Hollywood, like like I wanted to be Michael Sarah. Oh yeah. Any of the movies where he's like an awkward teen. Yeah. And where he just like those kind of movies. It's interesting you strive for an ideal that isn't actually idolized. Yeah, but back then I was like, I just wanted like a cute movie. But I think that he... No, yeah, that's nonsense. I always said. Um, (laughs) I'm glad you caught hold of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which isn't realistic. And I went to the Alan de Botton um, School of Life talk on love. He's a philosopher, right? Yeah, he's a philosopher. School of Life has a really great YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Kind of trying to make philosophy accessible for everyone. Uh, but he was talking about how a lot of our, the way we view love comes from romanticism. So before in the, like, I think it was like the middle of the 18th century. So in the 1700s, before then, like, um, marriage was mainly used as a means of, you know, Practical giving, thing. Yeah, like giving people a cow or land. It was more um, a business arrangement. And then after... The, the romantics came about, which had all these ideals like love is two souls connecting and which came from Christianity. And um, they had this ideal of love that, you know, you meet the person straight away and they complete you and mm. 
you don't have any other problems ever. And Isn't it know. interesting? What I feel on that is that it's a constant state of evolution. Like love is like anything ever, any other element in the universe. It's, um, it's, it's one of the most magical ones, but it's, it's under constant evolution. So of course, like 2000 years ago, it wasn't what it is today. And mm. another 2000, and that's why like, you know, in society, gay love is, is now a new thing, but like, fuck, why is that a new thing? But because it is, because it's because of the way we were rolling out these Silly lives. Well, there's there's an idea that what great artists do is they show they make ordinary things beautiful. Yeah. So maybe it was Alan de Botton again in another book he wrote um, on art, but he was talking about uh, like rainy days weren't kind of melancholic and cool until someone painted them in a really beautiful way and made us notice them. So maybe it's the same thing. Like we only really pay attention to what we notice. And it took mm. us, you know, like the mid 17th century as humans to mm. have all of our basic needs so we can actually think about what is love. And, um, and yeah, dare to go there and observe it as a beautiful thing. How about you, Em? Um, I think I'm thinking about love in a different way. For some reason, the first thing that comes to mind was when my parents died. I guess separately, it's what it feels like when love that you've grown up with your whole life isn't there anymore. So even as you two were talking, I was like, yeah, that, that's actually true. When I mm. think about love, I think about how much I loved my parents, mm. like mom and dad for totally different reasons, you know, Polynesian, you know, fun-loving, crazy character, much like myself, mm. but then that really warm-hearted motherly type figure. And when that's gone, you're like, oh, mm. you know, you, you don't realize that connection. You know, when you lose somebody close to you, just how much you love them. And I've always thought until today that um, uh, death isn't actually about dying and leaving this world. It actually teaches us to truly love people. You mean future people? No. Well, yeah, future people and people in the moment. So when I think about a moment of where I was taught what love was for the first time was when they died, I truly learned how to love someone. Right. That's beautiful. Because you, you understood what it was. Yeah. Without it being there, it was just taking them for granted. Yeah. And then when they're not there, you were like, oh, my God, I'm never going to see you again. You're never going to dare to look after me and love me and nurture mm. me. Mm. And so it really woke me up, even though it was so sad, mm. over the pre, you know the years that progressed afterwards, I just started to realize that love really was just what made us all tick. Mm. And so, yeah, it just made me into that person of loving people more. You know, like collective potential is about people. And it's mm. about, you know, love at its core. Mm. You just can't write that on a brochure. By yeah, the way, I'm going to yeah, do a yeah. workshop on love. Yeah. You know, mainstream people will be like, boring. Mm. But it's absolutely, like seeing you in your workshops, it's absolutely the fuel and the drive and force behind every of one of your actions, mm. you know. That's lovely. So that that's what makes me think about, you know, how do you – how do you define what love is? But it's so different for every person. So, you know, and there's so many different aspects to it. So what love are we going to talk about? Hmm. What love do you want to talk about, Jez? What love hmm. do you want to talk about, um, Ryan? You know? Well, this is this might be an appropriate time to talk about my love for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I do love him. But, <laughs> like, I Maybe there's love of friends. Mm. Love of dogs. Love of. Are you reading off a list? <laughs> <laughs> he's looking down. I at his can't computer use my imagination. To us. No, I um, No, before when we were talking about um, <laughs> what you were talking about, Jez, and um, there was a good TED talk mm. called "The Brain on Love" by Helen Fisher, which is why I was on my computer because I was looking up her name. Gotcha. Terrible names. Gotcha. Um, but she talks about love, like being like an actual drug to our brain and mm. all these different oh, chemicals. Too fucking right. Um, and she, another thing she says is when we have breakups or loss and we, we grieve, it feels so painful and it's actually like physical sensation in the same place that physical pain, like getting stabbed is. And she was, oh, man. it's that other, it's like that. It, so it's this, I think it, love allows you to feel the two poles of what it is to be alive. So you oh, feel isn't that true, the pain, man? On all that, let's talk about you know you feel like the biggest highs from love. Yeah. Um, I one thing I like to think about is um, it's that movie Into the Wild. Yeah, yeah. Where he one of the quotes he says I don't know if it's a book or the movie I haven't actually seen it I just heard someone spoke about it so I'm just talking out my ass. But he um 
he says he's seen nature and it's so beautiful, but he had no one to talk to about it. Mm. So, and he was saying it's kind of the idea that a lot of things are better when you have a relationship or someone with, but not necessarily romantic, but other people to spend it with. To share mm. with social creatures, it's in our genetics, isn't it? Yeah. So when you have those experiences of these highs of experiencing this, like you can be anywhere with someone you love and it's good, mm. but sometimes it's. Um, well, it's enhanced when the well, there's, uh, yeah. th- th- then there's the whole area which I feel I only discovered later in life. But is it the is the deepest type of love you can have of yourself and um, yeah. loving myself? <laughs> yeah, I need to start masturbating. Well, let's do this. I want to I want to like spend some time. Can we spend some time like chunking it? Like going? Yeah. Let's talk about what that is for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, on that, like, I feel um, I had a thought on previous to that as well, but I've, I've lost it. Um, but yeah, the loving of yourself is like. Um, is it was the one of the greatest lessons I've learnt, I think, because um it just because acceptance is so close to love and um you, and I you know, like I had to go through that to accept myself completely, to be able to love myself completely and go, and see myself outside of myself. That's where that, I kind of feel like that seat of the soul or the meditation stance you have or mm. seeing it as God looking down on you or whatever you want to call it, that, that feeling where you're looking at yourself from an objective stance and going, well, hello, boy, you lovely little thing. You've, you're just a human. You, you do fuck up shit all the time. And, um, and, and contradictory, I want, just want to comment on the, um, how you, the scope of existence. I feel like one thing I'm realizing is in my current relationship that the line between love and fear is so thin. Um, and when I'm, because she's away at the moment, I, I, I love her so tremendously and miss her so tremendously. And then, um, and it's such a thin line before you tip over to shit. What if something happens to her or what if, what if something happens, you know, like your, your fear of losing it. Yeah, the attachment. Wow. Um, it, yeah. It feels very clear. Yeah, it becomes an attachment. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm very conscious in this relationship from working on it from previous ones where I have attached too much and swung. I like the idea of this relationship being really two strong pillars of individuals that are, uh, we, this is a separate circle that we dwell in that's different to what our individualities are. Um, and that's the bubble and that's the team. That's the, we're, and I'm seeing it like a team, seeing it like we've got each other's mm. back, seeing it like um, we want to go as deep, like as I find the fertile rich soil is in the conversation, is in the opening ourselves up, being vulnerable, that stuff that you do in your workshops and I love so much in a community sense but it's in a very deep sense of a partner can i ask you a question Mm. can you describe to us what it feels like to be in love with your girlfriend michelle yeah (laughs) just like the glow (laughs) like i feel yeah like i just i mean there's it's just intense (laughs) like there's um so many elements to it i think um i feel like my i feel like my number one priority at the moment is to um is to make sure she's satisfied in our relationship. Like that's what that's yeah. what I like in 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 herself and empowered in herself. And like I, I I'm passionately excited about freeing her and liberating her more and more. She's such a free spirit as she is. Like she just she's the most beautiful, care and freest of spirits. Gives zero fucks, but like cares about the right things. So she's not like reckless, but she's. She is reckless. It's kind of hard to say, um, but I like her. The essence of her is just like makes me flip out, and and it's just this weird bond that we've got, which is just so unique. Like I understand it like more than I've under, understood any other person in a lot of ways, and in a lot of what levels, you know, even physically, um, I do. Maybe because I got little boobies too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but do you know what I love about it is I wanted to ask, could you describe what it feels like to be in love? Because if you're in the studio, people who are listening to this, Jeremy has a glow about him. <laughs> There's this little cheeky smile, and I'm sure if you were listening to him intently, if you were like me, you would have heard that essence, something shift in his his tone even as you were listening to it. But there's a spark in his eyes. And not that he doesn't have a spark in his life normally when we see him anyway, Ryan. But well, it, was a couple it fascinates of, me what being in love, what it feels like can do to a person. Your chemistry, your biochemistry changes. It completely changes. Yeah. Well, how different is this to when maybe we are two or three episodes into the podcast mm. and you were feeling a bit lost and sad. Oh, man, yeah, now you reflection. look like <laughs> Now you're just like smiling mm, and happy true. all the time. And, true. you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the people who are listening to this too and, you know, there is that part of me that's like, Think about what it feels like when you live in love. 
when mm. you are in mm. love. Like mm. I can think about I found my diary mm. um, <laughs> and a journal. It wasn't even meant to be a diary, but I found them and it's all these little notes um, of when I fell in love with people and I must yeah. have been going through this big year of that's it, I'm going to like fucking find love and I'm going to get it this time, you know. And I'm sure if you listen to this, you know my stories behind finding love in my life. Like yeah. I, I've got one. Can I read a couple? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Right. So I asked Mr. X, I don't want to say his name, <laughs> out on a date for Valentine's tonight. <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> I'm anxious, yet I'm excited. It's so cute of me. Adorable, some would say, and I'm really connecting to my little girl. She really does like him. I think he's really kind, so cute, so sweet. He is a constant inspiration, which I'm so into that. <laughs> and I find it really attractive. He is a big dork even, and I find that hot. It's true. I'm so into this guy. <laughs> is it Jez? <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, so no. opera shit. But, you know, then I found that, and then I found this other bit where, you know, I remembered all these, like this guy I met when I was traveling, and he goes to me, it's safe to say our souls have met before, and we are very excited to be, reuni- be reunited. You are electrifying, Emily. And we had like this travel fling, you know, and like, I can even feel the flush of that love because I truly fell in love with both of these guys. Mm. And so mm. <laughs> it just amazes me just even to listen to you before and then go, oh, I've so been there, you know, like all of us have been in love with somebody. Yeah. You know, whether it's a family member, but in these moments, just what happens to that romantic love or yeah. that and human... it's such a stage, isn't it? It's such a, like, one step, two step, three step, and that's why you f- start falling, falling more, and um, and it just overcomes you, I think. I have a confession to make. What? Fell in love while watching Harry Potter 3. With Harry Hermione Potter? Granger? With the moment where she punched... Uh, Ron Weasley? No, Malfoy. Um, oh, I was like, yeah. I'm kind of like... Independent woman. I'm sorry, I haven't... Uh, I don't know any of the stuff about Harry yeah. Potter, so keep going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, it's, oh, it's gorgeous. So sassy. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, what did you find sexy or what did you find... What's your, what's your, what are you attracted to in terms of... In well, terms yeah, of, is love mine's attraction? Hmm? Mine's completely changed. Is it? At the moment, it's what I'm... It's finding. Malfoy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's... I'm... um. I'm finding it uh, like at the moment I'm not really looking for a relationship or because I'm it's like the first time in my life I think I might have mentioned on the podcast before we kind of just mention things um, <laughs> that's what happens when you do yeah do when it. you talk no but just about our lives and you can't keep track of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where what I'm finding really attractive now are people that just don't care what people think about them mm, like that oh, confidence mate. of that's number one for me it's kind of a problem because I guess people that I am attracted to are people that are like, I don't need anyone. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm happy being by myself, but I'm finding like the people I'm like, holy crap, that's so sexy. The ones that just act and don't think about whatever all the crowds are mm. looking at. And do you feel like that's what you're doing in your life right now? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it's compatible. It's like I used to be really needy. So like I'd always, oh, I don't wanna, I'd always find myself like, like with, like not with needy people, or like other, you know, like I'd, if that makes sense. Clinging onto the ankles is yeah. walking down the street. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's a woman called Emma Power who's going to come on soon, and she's a tantra, um, tantra expert and just the boss. And um, I went and did her um, relationships course, and obviously at one point it really is about asking yourself, what do you want in a relationship? And be mm. very clear because mm. even when you're in it, even though you find each other um, serendipitously or by chance. You can. You also know what you want, and so you're in that relationship because that's what you want, and mm. you won't tolerate what you don't want. Does Does Mish bring mm. out the best mm. jazz? The best best version. That's of a jazz. good question. Yeah. Oh, she, you're like, no shit. <laughs> shit, she doesn't. Mish, <laughs> you're dumped. Yeah. This is so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck right. I wish we really wouldn't have done it now. <laughs> um, no. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like she brings out. Um, she, well, she believes. Yeah, I think we're we're in early stages of a lot of things. Um. But I, I feel like, yeah, we draw the best out of each other for sure. Well, you know, going off what I was, another thing that Emma Power put out is what you, 
want in somebody else, you can make a list. So I really encourage people who haven't found it to write down what it is that they want from a relationship. And as this whole room of people wrote down what they want, we even had to go home and think about it and come back. Um, and we're talking like mainstream males and females, half-half. Like it was quite amazing to watch how many people were there to find or get to know what love really is and in through Tantra. Uh, and they came back and by the time everyone, or half the people who wrote, read out their lists, they'd written the character the the character of themselves, right. the values that they have of themselves. Mm. Yeah. So it is interesting. It's like, is, does, does that mean you fall in love with yourself? Yeah. We're narcissistic. Humans are so narcissistic. Yeah, maybe. Like, yeah, there's definitely, a, I can see that. Um, I also believe that you need um, opposites or different elements to balance each other out. Mm, yeah. Is it, is it a value thing? Because with one, my- maybe it's just what you like. What you actually, you know, it's interest. You're not um, gonna. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't feel like I'm qualified enough to really dissect mm. it. But I don't know. I think me either. In past relationships I've had, it's like you start with a similar value set, and as the relationship progresses, and you change as a human being, the values change as well. Yeah. And when they don't become aligned, that's when it becomes. Well, that's that's an interesting area. Like I feel like growth is it, without growth, um, you're pretty much fucked because we're, we're ever, ever changing. Sometimes I think that people who, like us, who spend a lot of time doing self-exploration and um, reflection, you know, we have a certain way of a certain thing of what we expect from our relationships. Yes. Um, But I also have friends who don't, aren't really into, you know, having a real conversation. They don't have to be. I don't judge it. It's like we still have a lot of fun conversations about um, what their interests and what we're up to. Boring shit. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Um, and you know, quite a few of them. I think to myself, they don't expect their partner to make them grow. No, they don't want to have that depth of connection that I think we're talking about in this moment. And I find that fascinating, just how people can find love or relationships so different. That blows me away. There's, I mean, there's like, yeah, you can only speak for yourself, but yeah, there's. There's countless relationships I've witnessed that seem so un- they both people seem so unsatisfied, and it just seems so dull. And that like th- that just scares the shit out of me. Like I grew up thinking, "Fuck that could be that everyone goes there or gets there," but now I'm like, "Fuck that!" Like no way. I've seen because on the countryside, I've seen relationships that continually flourish and get deeper and more rich because they're. Um, you know they keep keep it alive. They keep it real. As soon as it starts, a walk starts coming up. They knock it down. Like you really can create and manifest your relationship, um, relationships reality. Um, but it just it, you. I suppose you just need to continually be in it to win it. Well, for me, one instant blocker that I have for love is jealousy. Yeah, right. That's one trait in other people. Um, yeah, what tests love? Which really. I think bothers me because it's like, okay, if I'm in love with you, you're in love with me. I see that as a trust thing. Yeah. And if it's like, I'm going to commit myself to a relationship um, where I get to express myself and you're saying, you can't talk to that person or I'm jealous of them. So you can't see them anymore. Like mm. you see these relationships all the time. Mm. I used to, you know, work in a nursery in the country where all the guys were like, yeah, my girlfriend looked at my Facebook and she's deleted it. She mm. checks it and reads my messages and doesn't let me talk to my friends well, that's anymore. That's a lack of ability like, to have a conversation about it. I reckon yeah. you, you, Ryan, like if I was a gal and I was with you and I'd been cheated on before, I'd naturally be more sceptical about that. Like, I'd bring that baggage to our relationship. Mm, true. Um, so you, you, you'd obviously have to have a conversation with me and, and be accepting of why, where I'm coming from and open up because it's bound to come up. You know, like my je- in that situation, my jealousy would inevitably come up um, unless I've dealt with it previously uh, but you know what I mean like how would yeah, you, yeah, I get that for you sure. so you'd work through it in a conversation and all that stuff yeah yeah. yeah it's just um, I guess because I've never really been a jealous <laughs> person I've never really understood it but some some people find it flattering um, but yeah do you guys have any other I, I find jealousy an interesting area I don't, yeah I it's like what tests love you know jealousy is one so. yeah yeah um, yeah I think yeah, it's an interesting one. I find, I find I'm very um, I'm, my love language is very much affection is a key one. So if I see someone being affectionate, I'm not I'm not so bothered about physical connection. I'm more of an intention and emotional connection with other people. If I'm in a relationship with someone, and um, 
and they they honestly say, yeah, I got a bit out of some the kind of engagement I had with another dude, um, and it made me feel good. And you know, I don't know, like I'm hypotheticalizing all this, but that would make, bum me out mm. um, because. Um, I, I, my type of love as well, I feel like it's, I've explored all types of love. I feel like in a lot of ways, but my type that I, I take a fondness to is, is an exclusive, um, one in that's in that sense. Yeah. I'm curious about, um, uh, like if, if you don't, if you don't have connection there, you don't feel the love. If you don't, if you see jealousy there, you don't feel the love. I reckon mine would be um, I hate any form of like what's the, what's, what's the word? I don't really like criticism. Mm. You know, I find that criticism and constant picking and judgment can be the thing. Pretty corrosive. Yeah, it just makes me go, oh, you're not accepting me. There is no love here. Mm. Um, it's, not, it's what I do. It's who I am. And if you can't accept that, then 100%. you can't love me. So there's no connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? One thing Alan DeBotton was talking about at the at the love talk um, was the fact that we're all crazy. Yeah. And that we go into yeah. dating and we're presenting the best side of ourselves and often yeah. when people only see the best side of ourselves, we get like these extreme crushes where he's like, okay, if I was the king of love, I'd make it so when everyone goes on dates, you have a list of all the reasons why you're crazy. And you just rattle them off to people so you know how to deal with it. Oh my god, that's I would great. love it. But that, but that's just that to me is just accepting yourself before. Like, yeah, I, that's I, it a was, good keyword to it, isn't it? Acceptance. Yeah, because if I hadn't, I honestly believe I'd be pretty shit in this relationship with Michelle right now if I hadn't gone to town on myself and loving myself. Um, I would be. I'd be because I because I was previously. Um, so I, I, I. How are you shit? I was needy. I was I was pushy and pulley. Um, she was my world and then I realized I neglected my work and then my work was my world and I pushed her away. Um, I, I took, I was very emotional, um, in, and it wasn't, it wasn't steadfast. It wasn't, um, you know, deep down it was, but my actions were quite flippant and pretty hurtful and not nice. And I, I, I knew I was doing it and I knew I kept doing it and I knew that I thought the only way I could stop doing it is by stop being in the relationship to work on it myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I think it's I think I honestly think people don't uh, the probably a lot of the reasons a lot of relationships are so unsatisfying is because people don't really spend time loving themselves being okay you know mm. um, with and and like I came to a point where I was like man I am so okay with being on my own for the rest of my life because I genuinely love my own company I love who mm. I am I love what I'm about um, and that too is fleeting like at the beginning of the podcast I was in a, I was on my own but I was in a place of not really liking myself and pretty dark um, so. You know, we're in a constant state of flux. There was this um, beautiful friend that I have. I call her a soul sister, and she lives in Ireland. Her name yeah. is Susan. Yeah. And Susan, you know, she got this way about her, this Irish accent. <laughs> but um, I'm already aroused. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, she's really awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Well, no, I don't know. Uh, over me? Do you want me to keep talking in an Irish accent? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. <laughs> don't do that. Um, she. It's like <laughs> she goes to me. Um, I was thinking I got really upset because I, I uh, this guy didn't. I think I, yeah, it didn't work out, um, and I was really upset about it, you know. And I rang him because the bestie, and I was like talking about, you know, it didn't work out. It's fine, you know, just upset. And she just like yelled at me. She goes, Emily, and this was like over Facebook, but I could hear her yelling. So this is what I feel like it would have felt like. She go away from the mic and start yelling. Oh yeah, in an Irish accent, Emily, you need to start realizing. That you don't need somebody to love you for you to be the perfect soul that you wish that you were. Yes. And she like shoved it through and she said, perfect. that's it. If you don't know that you are love incarnate, then this is going to continue to happen. And don't go through your whole life. And now I use it all the time. Like I feel so passionate about it because it's been such change. But it really became this part of me that's like... I'm fulfilled as who I am. I could be alone for the rest of my life. Like I really could, but that's grand. Like that has to be, if that's how it's going to be, then I have to be okay with that yeah. because I wasn't. I can tell you, I so wasn't. Yeah. And there oh, is, we've all been there. Fuck off. Exactly. There. Talking to Shit what you're loves. saying, to what you're saying yeah. before, you know, it's like, and do you know that you are love and that you don't need anyone else to love you? And I just, it was like, 
she ripped out exactly what was meant to happen. And then she said, don't even fool yourself that you don't even care about love. And so you're just not caring about love. Yeah, so you, yeah, can, yeah. you can get yeah, love. Yeah. That's she a goes, great point. She even grabbed me then and went, nah, I know when you're going to do that. That's such a good point. And it really just, I think I even grieved for a little bit of, oh God, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life and that's okay. But that's how dark I used to think about myself that mm. I went straight to that I'm going to be alone. Well, that's a, that was a, the, what you said then, I find that very interesting the section of exploring yourself because that is a coping mechanism I reckon Mm. like without dealing with it and accepting it and sinking into it and letting it be what it will be you go fuck but I'll just do it then I'll you know like I'll be yeah yeah. you get on your your ego horse and I don't need anyone I don't need a man I don't need yeah and it really was yeah you're right Jez I never thought of it I really allowed myself to just be sad about it. And then it sprung forth and... Oh, yeah, fucking as it does. You know? Oh, and that's the, that, to me, gets me excited. That yeah. gets me lit up, lit up. That's what I feel like is what excited me as a kid from the youngest age, that that thing in life that we experience, which is when we... When we um, uh, submit or not submit, um, you know, um, what's the word when you let go? Yeah, let go. Surrender, surrender, surrender to life. Mm. Um, not relinquish control. You know, it's a beautiful thing to surrender. And when you do, um, the love and life force that f- then f- fuels through you, or through a thing, or through another person, or through a tree, or whatever, so is just. It's so beautiful. good. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so it's a true. gift. It's I a fucking gift. Even like in the weeks after, people were like, you look amazing. And I was like, yeah. can we forget that if you let go, there, mm. a little bit of that is surrender? Mm. Can you yeah. start a couple of ideas, um, which we'll talk about in the episode. I actually like write 750 words a day, or I did. I haven't been doing it since I got a new job in the last month, which I want to get back into doing. Should you just stop at 50, 750 or just... No, I keep going, but it's like 750 you is like three pages. Renegade. I know. Oh. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but is that an idea, like, which is kind of relevant to what you guys were saying, that, like, that feeling of being alone or after a breakup, it's kind of like a practice for death, which is, like, I think the greatest fear. And I think it's, like, those mm-hmm. moments where you, you know, feel so alone because you've had, you know, what you're saying about your parents or, mm. you know, breakups or even losing a best friend or... You know all those sort of things. It's um, it's a little death. It's a little death practicing to the because that's kind of one of the idea of all the Eastern religions. It's like when you allow yourself to die, or you remove that fear of death by actually thinking about it. That's when you're free to live because it's not in the background, just like poking so all good. The time. Um, but would you like to hear my? Yes, please. My seven fifty words from over a year ago. Please. Uh, Only if it's relevant and it's not just about like picking bananas or something trivial. It's no, it's exactly relevant. And if it's wrong and this <laughs> so is egotistical, good. you can pull me up on it. And it's all a Hey, mate, I just read out my diary entries about how many men loved me. <laughs> I just read your mind as well. Alrighty, so let's talk about relationships. Last night I was listening to Duncan Trussell ranting about breakups and relationships in his unique and metaphorical way. It's interesting being able to be a human guinea pig for these ideas of self love, detachment, and suffering. As somebody that is a big reader of ideas, I find it interesting reflecting on myself and noticing these concepts in my everyday life. I disagree that love and relationships all end up bad and pointless. All of mine have steered me into the person I am today. If you want to work out what aspects of your uh, being need to be improved upon, look at what annoys you in your partner the most. Is that good English? Uh, I realize for me, I need to learn how to cook, clean, and be self-reliant. It took me to get into a relationship to give myself space to self-actualize. It's like when I am single, I spend a great deal of my attention seeking the opposite sex. I guess that's the one thing I need to work on, being happy with myself. As Duncan puts it, be whole, not a whole. He also spoke about the irony that uh, the people that would be ready for relationships who have spent all their lives working on being whole uh, end up not desiring relationships. Mm. That's a, that was like a year and a half ago. That's, that's pretty. That's pretty profound, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> me. I'm kind of like. And how are you yeah. feeling about it now? You later. Yeah. Well, now I'm. I'm kind. I think I'm kind of in that space where, like, I'm just. I'm pretty happy with what I where I am. Right, that's great. Which man. is kind of a problem because it's like that's not a fucking problem, you idiot. But it's like it's not a problem. Um, it, I think relationships are kind of like. Oh my, I don't know if I've used this Lord of the Rings metaphor before. I think I have. No, I have. The Gandalf one. My precious. No, I was up. It's kind of like you come out the other side, like like strengthening a muscle. Like you, you 
when you have like a breakup or you grieve, it's like working that compassion muscle and you can experience what the lows feel like. Yeah. So that when you have the high, because the lows and the highs, they're on the same polar. They imply each other. So like you can't have a low feeling without a high feeling because mm. you'd have nothing to compare it to. Mm. Um, I think and- I think is a, a key component without swinging on those feelings is to, I've learned is to be, and I'm still not great at it, but continually learning is to accept them when they swing and observe them when they swing mm. i'm observing that one swinging that way i'm observing that one swinging that way not jump on the fucking ride and go all the way there with it because otherwise you're going to be mentally ill like i got and so that largely because because i believed them I, I swung wherever they went and it's a pretty fucking dangerous ride as a human being with the places you go mm. but then what was it like afterwards what do you mean the negative side well if if we like play with this idea of like breakups or these breakdown moments being like practicing dying like do you feel like you're stronger like like when oh, you when oh, you look at the oh absolutely the yeah. oh, that's a really good point yeah absolutely like i i feel like i defeated death because i wasn't scared of it because i kind of des- weirdly desired it um so, so i guess i felt like i looked it in the face and was staring at it and fantasizing with it which is a shit place that i don't I mean, that's a fucking weird thing about love as well. You don't recommend, I wouldn't want anyone that I love to do, do that. But the fruit that I, it's bared me to the, to my day now is so rich that I kind of would recommend someone to do it. But it's your plan of death. You literally are plan of death. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's a hard one to have a good, come away with a good feeling about. It's more just like, um, you're, I suppose you're just, uh, what, just understanding the nature of what it teaches you to, to explore the, the spectrum of existence. Mm. I kind of like it. It's um, Wow, this it, is deep. Yeah, if you play with the idea, I kind of like looking like life is like a dance or a game. But then when you know it's a dance or a game, it gives you permission to sort of like go headfirst into it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And just like, you know, if it, it I don't know, it just kind of gives you permission that yeah. if you have this, the, presupposition that there's no problems yeah yeah just do it yeah like see what happens it just makes that is that's to me is liberation um and liberation is something that is starts and ends wherever you are it starts and ends in your fucking head Mm. like it's that's where it starts and ends can i ask a question then if we're talking about love and all different forms and facets of it what about its opposite hate is hate the opposite of love? I suppose so, yeah. I think the opposite of love is fear. Is fear. fear. But hate is spawned of fear. So, yeah, I reckon fear is deeper than hate, definitely. Okay. Like, if you, that's what you gather it down to, right? The deepest root feeling, like mm. pain, below pain is anger. Below anger is probably fear as well. I always, um, when I run workshops, when I can see somebody is um, really hurt or angry about somebody, it's the first thing I think of is I have to find out how much they loved this person mm. and what, how they hurt them mm. um, because to me it's like the ultimate linear impact of if they can acknowledge that they loved the person so much it dissipates mm. the anger because mm. it comes from the hurt. So but true. hurt comes from love. The idea of so hate true. too, if, like if you're going to put your mental energy like being negative towards someone, it means there's obviously something about them that's you know, mm. resonated with you it or rubbed off on you in a wrong way. Mm. Because if you really, if someone really didn't matter to you, it'd, it'd, well, you'd just be indifferent. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why it's hate is the biggest red flag for you hate that exact thing about yourself. Like, cause once you accept and love my own evil, like the evil that Donald Trump has is, a, is an evil that exists in me. And, and so now I, I can look at him and go, poor bugger, you know, like he's got all that suffering because I, cause if I was in that mindset, I'd be fucking, I'd be suffering. Can I tell a really, um, I don't know if it's embarrassing, but it's kind of weird story. Yeah. I have a mini- You have permission. Okay, so there's this idea that I got, again, from Duncan Trussell, who is a really weird comedian in America. Um, but he, there's, I think it's a Harry Krishnas. They have a thing called a puja table. Yeah. And it's like, you put like images of like, you know, people that you respect or uh, some people have like the Jesus, Buddha. Um, I just have a whole bunch of people I've learned from on my wall. But then I've got a tiny picture of Trump on my wall as well, just to go, you're a human. You've probably suffered. I don't know what you've gone through to become this crazy, weird-headed man that you mm-hmm. are. But it's kind of like the practice that he deserves compassion as well. 
not for who he is on an ego story front, Mate. but just the fact that he's a human with, like, I can, I, I think if you really hate someone or, like, dislike someone, put yourself in their shoes and just be like, if I was someone with that much money, surrounded by the people that he is, you know, and probably the same parenting. Yeah, the odds are you're going to be a cunt. Yeah. The, you know, <laughs> yeah. Drops the C word. But yeah, but yeah, there's two sides of that. One side that I always react to is like, but how dare you cause suffering on the masses? But anyway, that aside, I feel like the best case example of loving love, or the strongest form I heard recently, it was just a video. I think I've already said this, but you know that um, that that man that was talking at the beginning about how he was abused. It's a guy in a prison in the US and he was like saying, yeah, I was abused, I was sexually abused, da da lots of bad things happened to me. And you, you get really drawn into him and then he goes and then and now I'm, I've got given life because I raped and killed two people, the mother and a daughter. And, um, and then he... Is that on humans? Sorry? Was that on humans? I don't know where it was, but yeah, you Google some of my keywords I'm saying and you better find it. Um, and then... And then, and then he goes on to say, and, the, and he starts crying because he goes, the, the, the first time I ever experienced love in my entire life was when the grandmother of those two peop- peop- that, those people came in and looked me in the eyes and told me, I forgive, I forgive you and I love you. And that, that's just like an unfathomable level of ability to change as a human being on, on her behalf. And, and incomprehensible to all of us. But like the, the fact that it, that I find that so powerful. That's so a, powerful. That's a super interesting point too because a lot of the ways that we learn to love is from how our parents or how we were raised with love. Mm. So if you're someone that comes from a violent, because I think Mate, it might be a similar, similar one on the movie, movie humans, which is a fantastic film. If you guys haven't seen it, yeah. but it's, um, he goes to the start and says, um, he learned from his father that love was suffering because his dad would punish him and beat him physically and say, I only do this cause I love you. Oh, so that's how he how learned to love. fucking confusing. Yeah, when you're a, a young person, like they, it's um, in psychology, it's like attachment studies. So whether you're secu- securely, anyway, there's all these different mm. words to describe it. Mm. Um, but um, a lot of people don't, like there's a lot of people you say I love you to and they won't believe you or you give compliments to and they'll go no because they don't feel that about themselves because of the way they were raised. Mm. Um, which is really interesting. And Alan DeBotton put it this way, like it's fresh in my mind because he came here to speak. He was mm. like, people don't only look for people, um, what they love in someone. They also look at their favorite way to suffer. <laughs> that was really interesting. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, it's like you might have patterns from your childhood, like a nagging mum or somewhere where you get this familiarity from a certain way of, because if you look at it, like in a, in a, in a certain term, no one's going to have a perfect relationship. Like you're going to, there's going to be ups and downs. I guess it's you also pick the kind of person that have the same downs. For example, you know, you might be someone that, um, you know, had a parent that was always disappointed in them. So then you might subconsciously find someone that will be disappointed in you because it yeah. feels familiar or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, this totally. isn't, yeah, the comfort of familiar. Yeah, I asked, yeah. I asked a, um, a mentor of mine, I said, is it weird that you like... You can say my name on the podcast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't you, Jeremy. It's David Ward. Uh, look up Jan and david.com. Uh, they run workshops in Hillsville. I said, David, is it a bit weird that I kind of like am attracted to guys that have similar character traits of my dad and my brothers? And he was like... And everyone else in the room was like, oh, my God, I want to know the answer of this too. You know that? It's like, you know, he's yeah. like, you, do you fall yeah. in love with your yeah. mother? Do you fall in love with your dad? And everyone's yeah. like, oh, this is icky. I don't want to yeah. have this conversation. But I just wanted to hear it from someone who'd been doing self-development, human development for yeah. 40, old, 50 odd years. And um, he said almost that you can go down that path and see it like that. But actually it's the values in which you have been brought up that you have become familiar with and so you see that in others and so you fall in love with the familiarity mm. or the suffering that you've been through is also familiar so they also have it so you also are comfortable with them. It is funny because I love pe- ma- males who do things, like they get it done, you know, the, and that's exactly what happens in my family. We're doers, yeah. you know, so yeah, there yeah. is a character trait that I and, um, find even unattractive about men who don't like go out and yeah, create, yeah, do projects. I'm like not into that. It's interesting. Yeah. There's so many subconscious like things we don't notice. Like um, I was reading in uh, 
There's a book called Influenced by Robert Cialdini. He's talking about how people with similar sounding names are more likely to get married. Yeah, right. And there's all these little things. Yeah, like, I bet there is. And all these little subconscious things you don't notice. Um, geez, it's a fantastic book too. But like how much of it, like we think it's all conscious and you think about like all these values, but a lot of it is like it just happens under the under the hood. You don't really... Yeah. You can't control it. It just happens. I mean, the, the interesting area I was thinking when you were talking there um, is that the, the intricacies of our behavior as such a, uh, a fucking stopper for letting love flow. You know, like bad bad cyclical patterns in our mind and thinking patterns, self-talk patterns, mm. um, nasty behaviors, bitchiness, like being judgmental of others. And so being judgmental of yourself, all those things are so, so stopping love and love flowing. And when love flows through someone, you can just see it. Like remember Abe, knew, Abe on, the, on the first show, mm. just like love is flourishing through his, his entire being. And, um, and that's why some people say like you, you're such an embodiment of God or your embodiment of whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I think it's really worth, like if you want to get closer to love, if you want to explore love, if you want to find love. Be able you, Yeah, no, no, yeah, do that. No, but um, start observing, start looking at yourself, so start, start looking at all the things that are limiting you from it because the only thing stopping you from it is yourself. Yeah, there's a really, I said it earlier, but um, there's been a, a really big shift in me this last year, but particularly in this Last few weeks. Last few weeks. You know, you go through ebbs and flows of it. But this one feels really wonderful. Like it's it's, it's almost like there's a part of me that's just saying, I choose to love every part of myself and accept it. Hmm. You know, I don't want to live in fear. You know, I walked into PwC today, which is one of the biggest, like it's global company, accounting firm. Like they're one of the biggest and richest companies in the world, right? And I was terrified at the thought of having to, this is what entertained it for a moment, that, oh, my God, who am I to walk into these rooms? Um, I'm just, a, you know, you know, to run a workshop and you're going to pay me, you know. Anyway, I went through it. Mm. And I just grabbed hold of myself and, and my thoughts and just said, is that something that's going to serve you to love yourself? Mm. And then just stood into the room and just created this space for myself. And it was the best meeting ever. Awesome. So, you know, I do really understand what you're saying there about what are you doing? And this goes to the people who are listening to us right now. What do you do when you think about love and all its different facets that we're mm. talking about today? What What is it that brings love more into your life and what is its value? Mm. Yeah. I love that, Em. I love that because it's isn't it amazing to observe, like, if you had listened to that, how different it would have been. And that's the, yeah, observing that, the toxicity of that shit. Yeah, is- and like, I've really got a thing about it. Like, I keep watching people and I'm like calling them on it going, why would you do that to yourself? Do you know, like, here's four words for you. You're going to die. You paused because you just counted them to recheck. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, because then I, yeah, I did. But you know, there's just this thing of you know why spend mm. so much time not 100%. loving loving yourself. Um, I yeah, you know that's a good one. It's like every time you have a problem, just look at the people around you and then go, I I'm gonna die and all these people are gonna die. Yeah. So instead, I'm gonna choose to live out of a space of love and embodiment and embody that instead of. Living out of fear and drama. And, and I really want to hear it. Like, I really want to hear it from guys. You know, I think it's a really important thing to hear males say, I'm just here for love. Hmm. You know, like, do you know how unique it is yeah. in Australia to hear males talk about it? But I'm surrounded by it. So I'm even, to all the ones that are listening to this, say it more. Hmm. Say it more as males. Say you want to love and you are happy to love. And, 100%. Get know. on a plane. Go to Croatia. <laughs> surprise your girlfriend. Yes. Make a cute video. But, Tell her but, that you love every part of her. But your masculine, like this love offers so much uniqueness through masculinity as it does so much uniqueness through femininity. Like, so this, that's what I reckon it's we should true. cherish. Like, there's things Balance, that men can offer through their love that women can't offer. Mm. Um, and... Because we're just wired differently. Love so. it, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I feel like I got so much love. Like when we're pre-warming up for this podcast, I just like just so much love for you guys. Like so I just thinking, I, 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 he was, I, he was spinning <laughs> out when I walked in. Uh-huh. No, that's because of Mish. But now later on, <laughs> it was because of you. Because I, I, I do. <laughs> Thanks, <Jess. laughs> but that no, I, I just feel lucky as heck to be able to have a conversation 
um, with you guys on this level and, and delve into it. And I don't feel like we ever do it hundred percent perfectly and it's awkward and it say some shit that you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Who cares? It's all nice to be real, isn't it? But I do love that this, when I, we talked about what is this podcast tonight and I like that these podcasts um, are actually about people who are just sitting around and having a conversation and the feedback we've been getting, which I really appreciate the people who have sent in and mm. started to review, like we cherish those 100%. feedbacks. We have this little um, Facebook uh, group where we send each other the, the comments people have left us, so please keep doing that. I just think that the one thing I keep hearing from the comments from people is, I just really enjoy listening to a conversation about nothing. But it's about, <laughs> but it's Wait about, a minute. But it's, said a, that? but it's about everything. That was one line that I thought was so cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, I'm you glad know, you said that second a, part. It's about nothing, but it's about everything. That's well, kind of like yeah. what? I love how hard you laughed then, right? Yeah, didn't you, too? <laughs> you didn't finish it. I guess it's like you don't... <laughs> They said it's about so much, just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like music. Like music, it's not really about anything, but yeah, there's so much meaning. Just mate, that's with, so true. Get with your mates, make some Have a chat. conversational jazz with each other. That's yeah, man. Hang we, don't, time. we don't know what we're doing. No one really does. Yeah. Well, I do. We'll tell you that later. I think <laughs> um, <laughs> what I've learned most from this conversation too is I, it's a conversation about love, but I say love hard. That's what I've learned from good. this today. And is, fail. Yeah, and fail with love. Yeah, well, good mate, point. Take it seriously. Oh, no, is that the wrong one? Why not? <laughs> that's, like, I, that's what I feel like. I feel like I want to get be more ritualistic in my self-love every morning and acknowledgement that it's a miracle to exist and uh, what am I going to do in my day? Like I, To do that, I feel like I need to put... That's why I'm meditating. Can I tell you, do you know how my ritual is every morning? What? Tell me, Em. Tell me. I wake up, and this is how much I've programmed it into my body. That I wake up and the first thing that was my eyes um, open, and I'm not even kidding you, I'm more of, probably in awe of myself right now. Be great. Is that I say, I love you, Emily. Awesome. And then there's this automatic, no, and then there's this automatic um, uh, attention that I bring to my feet and up through my body where I'm just scanning and bringing love through me. That's cute. That's it's awesome. cute, right? But I'd, that's I'd, powerful, man. That's not just cute. But that's a ritual that, you know, you ingrain it and it does bring it into your life. So, I, you know, again, if we're being helpful for people, it's like, how do you bring more love into yeah, your life? Yeah, and be creative. Make your own. Fuck. That's what I say. Everyone make your own. There's no one way. Everyone, everyone does loads of different ones. I'm going to start doing M's one, actually. <laughs> I'm going to touch myself from my tip to my toes. I'm doing it now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I kind of when I'm in podcasts, I get into these like flowy modes where I I just don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of. I think that's kind of. No, we, me and Em feel the same about everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So it's a wonderful conversation. Wrapping it up, you know, love is all we need. You can have a love and hate relationship towards it, but um, yeah. How do you bring more into your life? Hmm. For more information on collectivepotential.com. <laughs> dot au check it out um and would love you to leave any reviews or comments um on itunes on itunes thank you guys i love you listening love you love you 